0: This
1: is a bloody disgusting podcast network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Doesn't I me. Mean. We got David. What up, Spoop Kids? Spoop Kids? Also known as Nightly. On the other end, there, we do not have Freddy. Freddy is actually well, still kicking the, the bucket, kicking the can. I don't know. These are words I'm making up at this point. Down, I don't know. Like, down the street. Down the street. Down the street. <laughs> 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 no, Freddie's still, uh, unfortunately, kind of battling the residuals of COVID. He doesn't have COVID technically anymore, but he does have the residuals of COVID. So he's still kind of battling that. And he decided to take an extra little time to recuperate and rest. And rightfully so. Can't blame him. But... With that being said, we are still a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the doctors envelope you. If you like that and want extra horror content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod that's site right with a what? Hey. That's right. Now, keeping things going with our I Ain't Afraid of No Ghost month. <laughs> With an absolute, this, okay. Let me preface this first. This is my first time watching this movie.
2: That makes uh, so much sense.
1: I've heard of it, and I've heard so many things about it. And I'm just like, I, I want, I, I want to see this movie. So I put it on our list for this particular month. Because uh, technically, I know it's called Iron Man and No Ghost, but I technically said in the beginning, this is our paranormal found yeah. footage month. Paranormal. And this still count. This counts as paranormal found footage. But first and foremost, David, before oh, actually, excuse me, before, I didn't even say the film. We're but talking before about that, <laughs> before that, before that, and before this, uh, I want to give a special shout out to our ghoulish nights over on Patreon.com/slash site with a K. I want to give a special shout out to Vaughn, Alexis, Heather, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Brenna. Daniel, Cyan, Carrie, Stu, Brandon, Anna, or Anna, excuse me, Stephanie, Calvin, Drew, also known as Silent Night, Andrew, Scary Stuff Podcast, Samantha, Patrick, uh, Willow, Jessica, Jared, Petra, Jasmine, Chantal, Rio, Mark, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and last and certainly not least, Freddie. Thank you, everyone, so much for doing this and supporting us and thank wanting to actually see more from us and things like that. I mean, the, the support is honestly And When we first started this podcast, we never thought in a million years people would actually want to help fund us as well. So thank you so much. Seriously, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. But speaking of Rio, the film that we are talking about today is a little Australian ditty called "The Tunnel." First and foremost, David, thoughts.
2: Rio's not going to be happy. Um, you know, <laughs> I uh, I unfortunately found this movie to be a little dull for me. Um, Please,
1: yeah. Keep going. And it's very
2: <laughs> interesting that you had stated that you haven't watched this movie before, because I was a little surprised watching it and thinking, "Hmm, this doesn't seem like a movie Prince would typically pick." So that makes a lot more yeah. sense now that you said that. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I've never seen you know, this one.
2: I, I feel bad because my 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 thoughts are going to be pretty straightforward and not too in depth on why I found it. <sighs> to be a little <laughs> dull totally um, fine
1: it's definitely yeah. a very different than gongium
2: <laughs> yeah totally um you know with this movie um i felt like a lot didn't happen for a good portion of the movie i don't like that uh Dude, after like an hour
1: five minutes
2: we we see something after an hour yeah and it's an hour and a half long movie um i don't think the characters are likable at all <laughs> oh. um Especially like, I guess what you could call our main protagonist, but there, we have multiple protagonists. Um, I felt like their decisions were a little foolish. I also didn't like the setting. I think the idea of underground corridors and the labyrinth of being stuck down there is very fascinating. I don't yeah, think I they, they utilized it well. Yeah, Ooh. I don't think it was utilized well. I don't think the space was designed well for a horror movie i think this movie can play very well to those that actually find themselves being scared of horror movies right
0: right
1: i
2: think this is a great movie for those that have fear anticipating what happens if the the camera uh pants to the left or the right or wondering what's behind them or being fearful of the dark i am not that person right i i I have my fears. I'm not saying that I'm not scared of anything. I get very, I'm very afraid of true crime and you know things that yeah. humans can do. But you know, there was a time where uh, I called it the Slender Man effect of being afraid of what's behind you, what you can't see. And I feel this, like I feel like this movie very much plays into that, the Slender Man effect of like it makes you fearful of the chance of this movie being directed to do a quick turn around and seeing something behind you, right? Because there's so many twists and turns in these labyrinths. Uh, It just didn't work for me. And I didn't like that. You know, I know the whole point is that it's supposed to be dark, pitch dark in there. And I respect that they did that because it's really hard to pull that off in a movie because in stories where it is depicted as true darkness, you can still see because it's a movie. But this Mm -hmm. very much did feel like um, a couple of people I knew went through some abandoned underground tunnels and took a camera, and it felt very realistic in that sense. And you know, on yeah. paper that sounds great, but a- in execution, not so much. I felt like I was watching a lot of nothing the whole time—a lot of like walls and people's shoes and picking up the camera—and it just and, wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, no, that's
1: and completely it wasn't a fair. satisfied
2: ending as as well, sadly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even though one of them died at the end, after they, yeah. <laughs> fair points, very very fair points. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I wasn't like in love with it, um, or anything. I enjoyed it, um, for what it was. But I agree with a lot of the things you're saying. That this movie did take a lot, and I mean a lot of time to really really get started. I'm just like fuck, like we didn't need. Yeah. Twenty-five to thirty minutes of a setup of the, of her having to try to get this guy to come aboard and all this other stuff because there wasn't much payoff from that. Um, we didn't need the whole concept of uh, of them being journalists and and all of this and that and like, granted, yeah, I, that is the basis of the story, right? Like them being journalists and um, them having to get this story on some fucking water recycling thing, um, which. I, I was thinking about it when I was when I was watching this. I was like, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. like you're recycling water that is it being used and you're recycling to it, it to be used like that totally that doesn't sound like that that bad of an idea. I mean Grant, I'm not from Australia, so like any Australian folk who live on uh North South Wales or New South Wales, excuse me, um nsW please let me know like is that a bad thing like i did, like is recycling water bad there like i don't know what's like i don't know um so like to me i was like th- this doesn't sound like a story that someone would care about and i guess the the whole concept was the fact that the homeless people you know like i, I don't know but i think what would have made this maybe better if they would have had actual homeless people in the tunnels too and
2: yeah that, like, I think that would have helped a lot. Um, I think that
1: would have helped quite a bit. Like, it, even if we would have had, like, maybe a, I don't know, like a a scallion type of kid who's homeless and he lived in the tunnels or whatever, and he was trying to assist them to get out or something like that. A set of them kind of, I guess, going around trying to find their it, way out of there.
2: It it would have gave it some direction, right? Because uh, it just felt like they were wandering yeah, and there was no purpose to watching the movie because they didn't know what their purpose was down there. And I get it, like the the homeless people are disappearing because of whatever is down there. Yeah, but I think true. you're right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like the, the not everyone's gone, right? Like you know, so like they found that first like homeless encampment place very quick. So like I feel like it would have been pretty nice to have a few people still there and um because i felt like as them being journalists they would have ate that shit up as well so like i'm I'm with you like i didn't like the character decisions at all um i I, what i really didn't like i didn't like the mockumentary style i was i thank you so much for saying that because i had forgotten to say
2: that and you were midway through your thoughts like damn i really wanted to say that (laughs) yeah i mean i don't I don't like. This is gonna sound very ignorant to me. I don't like documentaries. Um, not and you know I, I I I appreciate knowledge and like learning new things, especially things that yep. I'm like. By the way, to. watch
1: uh, Mental Health and Horror when that comes out. I have no idea when that date is, but <laughs> plug. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
2: um, but like you know, I hop on YouTube and a lot of the things I watch on YouTube is to like educate myself on like certain topics. But what I don't like yep. about documentaries is how formulaic they are. Right. Yeah, And every documentary you watch has the same format, the same, I guess, vibe that they're they're going for. And a mockumentary will do the exact same thing, right? Because they're just trying to replicate that. Uh, So it it just felt like this movie was very much not made for someone like me. It's just not for me. And and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just I didn't find it enjoyable because of aspects
1: like like that. Super fair. And I I think that's a very valid point because I'm, I'm kind of with you. The mockumentary style for this particular film just did not work for me. Like I, I, I just wasn't a fan of that. Like I wasn't a fan of how, like I I had so many questions, like how did they obtain this footage? Like, how, like what, Uh like, you know, like, so uh, these people didn't own this footage and I would have loved for John for example, who we never see or hear, uh, I would have loved for John to also be in there except for just these two individuals. Um, I don't know. I it adds, to- it lo- Go
2: ahead. Sorry to interrupt. That I was, was going to say, it, it lacks a lot of suspense because there's clearly two people right. doing who's the documentary style. Yeah, so it's a no-brainer to see who gets out of this and who's going right. to get the cut, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, like, we, we, we immediately knew who died <laughs> in the beginning of this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So
1: was not a fan of that. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into this. The Tunnel, directed by Carlos Ledesma. Le- Le- I think that's right. Ledesma. Released May 18th, 2011 with a runtime of one hour and 30 minutes and a budget of $135,000, which surprised me actually. Um, yeah. No box off is found and a rating of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Very surprised by
0: that.
2: Again, this movie's not for me, but like 100%. I, I, it's a,
1: Technically, it's, a it's only seven people who reviewed
2: this. Okay, so right. I, I did it <laughs> Okay, so I was going to ask, but then I didn't want to come off as a jerk because in case there was a plethora of reviews, but I'm this glad you mentioned
1: is, it. A lot of people love this movie. A lot of people love this movie. And I, like I said, I enjoyed it for what it was. Will I watch this again? I don't know. Maybe. But like, I'm not going to ever seek this movie out. Uh, it, it doesn't have the same resonance that Gungium had on me, that Paranoid Activity had on me, two other yeah. films we've covered. Um, on this uh, in this month but I just was like you know what the tunnel I don't hear anyone talking about this I've never seen it why not we talk about it yeah so that's what we're gonna do because we open with the text saying quote the following film depicts events that occurred on October 2007 it contains official police ev- ev- evidentiary material several persons involved in these events declined to be interviewed no dude not several people fucking everyone except for two like like everyone yeah. except for two people declined and i felt like that was such a bad move anyway we fade to an emergency dispatch call a frantic woman yells that they need help as a dispatcher continues questioning calmly the dispatcher asks the the woman what happened she frantically continues that they are on a platform uh one inside the station um pleading for them to get there crying that her friend is dying and bleeding the dispatcher tries to calm her down asking for exact coordinates on where she is and what's happening the woman continues to cry that she doesn't know believing that they're inside the station and something took their friend the dispatcher reaches for more information as the woman continues to sob on the phone screaming for someone to help yelling at someone else as they question what they're doing A male in the background screams, accompany her wailing cries as the dispatcher calls out to her again, but silence is on the other end as she continues calling for the woman before terminating the line. Title shot. Yeah. (laughs) I do like how this setup first happened, though.
2: Yes, I'm going to sound like a hater, but, you know, um, I understand it could be a traumatic moment, and like I, I always get a little peeved when like someone's calling nine one one, but they just called like kind of like blabber, and like the first question they ask is "What is your location?" and people just are, you know, it My seems like oh is she's dying. getting it. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, just tell them where you are first. That that's it. That's all it takes. And then you know from here, I contextualized to myself like oh she's probably getting attacked. It really seems like it. It's but what you it's see, like, yeah when this call happens later on, and she's very capable of just telling them their location, granted they get there eventually, but it's very frustrating. And I know I just sound like a hater. I get it. Like you hater. know, a lot of stress yeah. and
1: hater. <laughs>
2: adrenaline, but still I, I just get it together.
1: I mean, I've you never already called that one. That's fair. Super fair. And and I luck luckily um, at, at this point in my life, I've never had to call for a major emergency for the police, um, yeah. and I think the line for Australia is zero, zero, zero. So, like, typing in those three zeros, I feel like that's very that's a very easy line to type. I, I would feel yeah. nice and composed in certain situations, uh, but granted, I've never had to be placed in a situation where someone was bleeding out on the floor, dying. Yeah. Um and me having a call nine one one at that point in time, so I don't know. How Hopefully, I never had to eat my words. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully you say your location first. <laughs> yes. The opening sequence shows off old images of the station tunnel with workers and men in suits as they stand in and around a train. Cut to a news anchor sharing the news on the NSW government's new plan on tapping into an abandoned reservoir underneath the city. $95 million is planned to be spent on a state-of-the-art water facility in the heart of Sydney. Uh, like that doesn't sound like a bad thing to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like that just doesn't sound like it, this is a cause for uproar. Like what what were y'all doing with this water if if it was just abandoned? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Folks in Sydney, please let me know. Like is this bad? Like I I I I, I don't know. I don't know. Is this bad? <laughs> Cut to a woman introducing herself as Natasha Warner and that she's work uh, and that she's uh, worked in a news and in the news and current affairs for over ten. years years. She continues her interview knowing that she wanted to tell stories and communicate to the public. Moved to coverage of a report about the government's water plans, Michael Johnson which sounds like a total made up name (laughs) Uh, NSW Minister uh, for Water and Environment claims that they are progressive looking at all factors to combat climate change, believing that recycling water is the way of the future. Back to Natasha explaining that she just came across this story about them wanting to use abandoned tunnels Systems uh, and abandoned tunnel systems. Uh, uh, I don't know why I wrote it that way. Uh, that's in the water in the rail system. Another report about. Um, about thousands of people passing through one of the stations. The anchor continuing the, that residents don't re- realize that the government solution of the water crisis is beneath them. Another um, anchor shares the plan wa- while showing a diagram of building the infrastructure to make use of millions of liters of water trapped in misused train tunnels. Natasha explains that she didn't know how vast the tunnels were, there being virtually a whole other city underneath them. News anchor shares um, uh, news anchor shares that welfare welfare groups are saying saying about Sydney's homeless. So I guess that was like the main thing like this idea wasn't bad, but everyone was just like, "Well, what are we going to do about the homeless people?" And I think that's what they yeah. wanted. Like, we need something else for folks who cannot afford to buy homes. Um, we we need another solution because yeah, people were of- concerned about dislocating them. Right, which I
2: think that's a that's term.
1: great, that's great. Yeah, I I I I agree with that. We definitely should have a plan in place if we know that people are going to be in one location that is needing to be built upon or whatever. Like, there should be some other plan, I guess, in place. But at the same time, like, I guess, at a political stance or whatever, quote unquote, like, I I guess I see how these gover- government government would be like, no, fuck you, this is our property kind of thing, like, but fuck the government, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Building an <laughs> underground city recycling infrastructure will leave them with nowhere to go. While fi- uh, while filming sleeping homeless people, she continues that the new homeless concern will likely cause another roadblock for the water crisis solution. In footage of, CB- of CBZ News showing off Las Vegas, the male anchor reports that hundreds of homeless were evicted from underground tunnels causing a PR nightmare. I mean, Vegas got a lot of homeless folk, though, in general. Yeah, they do. Which is honestly surprising to me because, like, it's hot as fuck over there sometimes.
2: True. <laughs> and but I'm like, like oh, where are we going to go? Yeah, I walked walk through the desert to get out, right?
1: I mean, shit. I, I, so uh, di- now this is a part of the, the crisis that we have going on here. Because as some folks may know, San Francisco has an incredibly high homeless issue. Incredibly high and drug issue. But with us having this issue in San Francisco, a lot of these people were just shipped here f- from buses that their governors oh. have given them. Yes, or not governors, but their their government, I should say. Um, but they're, like their council and things like that would give them bus tickets to just come to San Francisco.
2: <laughs> Damn, I it, did not know that.
1: Yeah, it's fucked up. It's super fucked up. Um, and another thing that they've been doing lately is they've been giving them plane tickets to go to Hawaii. And they've been dumping them off on, like, the big island in Oahu and stuff like that. That's so
2: fucked up. But then, it's like, at the super same fucked. time, like, you know, I wouldn't imagine someone's going to deny that, right? Right. So they, I mean, it's it's – They're literally like, I will pay for you to be someone else's problem.
1: Right. And this is something we could talk yeah. more in the midnight hour about because, like, this is fascinating shit. But I, <clears throat> I, I wish more would have came out of this. I guess, yeah. Um Because yeah. this movie felt like, I guess, what this movie felt like to me, it felt like if the descent was trying to be a found footage movie, or if the descent was a documentary. Um, mm-hmm. which I don't think you were on that episode, but uh, for those who under who know what the descent is um or for those who don't know what the descent is excuse me um it's pretty much this cave dwelling movie where the, it's a group of women who go out and uh hang out in the caves y'all should really listen to our episode on it it's really good um but they hang they're going out in caves and they're cave diving and doing us all this other crazy shit um there's creatures in there also doing a whole bunch of other crazy shit so it's like they meet up you know what i'm saying some people die some creatures die shit happens um but this movie felt like that it felt like there was a, d- a dweller inside of this tunnel who was oddly elaborate like he yeah. had a, his own fucking room he had a fucking torture room like what like
0: I'm talking about this movie the, the set? I'm talking about
1: this movie yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm talking about this movie. But anyway, we'll get there. American journalists are walking through the tunnels as Lisa Lung um shares that it is hard to to navigate through the through the dark tunnels. Um it is hard to navigate through the dark tunnels, but trying to find people hiding is virtually impossible. Uh another fun fact, there is another lady who I believe is an actual journalist named Lisa Lung, I think. Um who is an actual journalist from America who did recently do a story about tunnels in Las Vegas. And I thought that was really fucking creepy. That was the creepiest thing in this movie for me, was finding out that a real Lisa Lung did a real story in Las Vegas maybe two years ago about the homeless people that live in the tunnels underneath there.
2: I think what uh, tripped me out, like something similar, was uh, after watching us carrying that Those underground tunnels are legitimately real.
1: Yeah. Those things are definitely there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The reporter shares that Michael Johnson states that there is no evidence of anyone living inside the tunnels. Okay. I guess this is where Mm -hmm. the problem lies for them, right? Knowing if this particular politician wins the elections, the water solution will proceed. I say this particular politician because they named this politician – However, there was no closed captioning for this movie. I have no idea what they said. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I
2: had some trouble in some spots as well.
1: Yeah, there were some spots like john took a really long time for me to figure out <laughs> i was like what are they saying <laughs> I was like, that took me a long time but anyway the zasha shares that the story dried up after the fanfare that causing her to wonder what happened knowing that things don't just disappear having to ask why when something isn't spoken about it being her job as a journalist october 7th everyone is having birthday drinks with executive producer john rice who we never see people cheers john asking natasha and others their birthday wish uh forum one of the party goers steve miller starts sharing a story about john but we switch over to his interview he shares that he's a tv cameraman working in in uh news since the mid 80s back at the party of him uh continuing the story about john it was like some shit about like spending budget on, like, gas masks and they blew it on, like, alcohol instead or some shit. I don't know. He continues his interview that, that you have to get married to the job, the people you work with becoming more like family members. Looking over at another partygoer, Jim Tangles Williams, who, uh, he calls him handsome but not good at his job, calling him over. <laughs> Reminding him about the time they spent two weeks in the U.S. Okay. Now we we're, we're meeting the crew right now, right yeah. So we met three members of our crew so far. We got Tangles, we got Natasha. we got Steve. All right. Steve, we know, is a cameraman. Tangles, we find out later. He's audio guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet uh, what's his name? Pete. We meet Pete later, who underwhelmingly had like not much to do. I feel like, which is weird because he's in this movie a lot. I just feel like he didn't do shit.
2: Yeah, it was very odd that he was there because he was part of a different project, but what? he's also part of the team, and then Natasha was like, I had to tell him that his project was canned, but I want him to come to mine. It didn't really make any sense.
1: It did make any sense. I, did, I was just like, is he another... Like, I, I couldn't tell if he was like another um fucking journalist like I, I couldn't tell like he did I, i'm thinking they're gonna tag team this he takes some journalism stuff she takes some but i don't know it was it, i didn't understand why he was there yeah <laughs>
0: Weird.
1: yeah very weird anyway natasha lightheartedly shares that she that when you get you get the both of them at a shoot they are both professional children I guess we saw that. At the end of the day, (laughs) they like to mess around. Steve explains in his interview that Natasha was at another network and she was brought to them a couple of years later. His first impression was just another young person coming in who was getting paid too much before even proving herself. Her being the next big thing. At the party, they try to call over Pete, who is speaking to Natasha. Steve laughing that it, uh, it is a production meeting, joking that it is about semen. What the fuck? (laughs) Natasha starts walking away from him they call him over again joking that he's the one that has gotten away Natasha's interview continues that her and Pete had an interesting relationship them both being determined in the way they are doing their jobs sometimes working great and others not so much so it felt like they had a thing in the past but it was also hard to tell if they had a thing yeah it was a little up in the air yeah I, I was a little confused by that um, and then they also make jokes about like her having sex with John, uh, to get this case or something, or to get this story where I'm just like, Whoa. It was icky. I was like, there's a lot of red flags is all over this book <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve knows that there, um, that there was something going on between them because whenever her name would pop up, the subject would just change. Okay, October 10th, CCTV footage of Natasha at her desk. She came across a, a YouTube video from user Deza six five three showing some kids vandalizing the tunnel. A young woman named Kate with this with this young adult named Seth. I think that was his, his name, Seth or Seth, asking if he, he had a particular piece. He um he's pissed. She tells him to teach NK a lesson. I fucking will. <laughs> <laughs> I love this kid. I wish this is what I'm talking about. Like it would have been fucking amazing if he didn't die. And he was just yeah. like the kid in fucking Jurassic Park three who got lost in the fucking wilderness or whatever. And just inside this tunnel. And he was the guy who was just like, oh, fuck. Finally, you came to save me. So I was like,
2: you know, I hear where you're coming from, but they would just utilize him as like a comedic relief way too much, in my opinion. Right. Because That's like weird. it'll be that the whole movie. <laughs>
1: That's true. Have you ever seen Superstore? Mm, is that the show?
2: Yeah, like it's a they all work at like a kind of like a Walmart.
1: No, I haven't seen it. But I think I know what it Highly is. Highly
2: recommend it. Highly recommend it for anyone that's worked retail. But there's a character in there where he is like this character. And <laughs> he is, is he one of the funniest characters on the show. No, he's not, but okay. he's he's just a white boy that Thinks he's really ghetto, but it's like very obvious this that he's not. Great. But it's just
1: so funny. Tay got it. <laughs> <laughs> is this our first Australian film that we've covered on the show? I, I think it is. Oh man, is it? It might be. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember if if we have covered any other Australian movies. Now that I think about it. I yeah, I think this is it. I think this is it. I think this is this is it. Yeah, I'm not too sure, huh? Cool. All right. Well, shout out to Australia. I mean, did this movie make me miss Australia? No, not really. But like <laughs> the, but like I do miss Australia. But this movie did not make me miss Australia. Probably because it was based in Sydney, and no, no, like shade on Sydney. But I Sydney wasn't my favorite place to be. I love I loved Melbourne more than anything, or Melbourne as they they say. But um, yeah, I mean.
2: You know, I've never been to Australia, but I knew some people I played on games with online in high school that lived on Australia and this movie made me think of them. Huh. That probably sounds very ignorant, but No,
1: that's no, I people. don't think so. Those I, mean, people, no, I think that's
2: like, nice. Decades.
1: <laughs> I think that's nice I think that's nice of you for them to give them a, a, a little nod he yells at the <laughs> camera about this being uh this being what he thinks of some guy named NK shit uh, Natasha claims that there was something there in the tunnel Kate hears something startled as she asks what it is uh, Seth he- shushes her so they can listen the sound happens again she starts she starts backing away as he believes NK is still there demanding for her to give him the flashlight He uh, or the torch Hey. <laughs> um, he takes he takes it from her, yelling into the darkness about him tagging on on over his work. She tries calling him back, but he goes silent, dropping the flashlight on the ground. When when she which doesn't make sense later when we find out that the the light supposedly protects you. So
2: you're right. That doesn't make
1: sense. So like, if anything, she should have been the one who've gotten taken. Kate should have gotten yeah. taken, and he should have been like. Oh shit like trying to run back over to her or whatever, and the camera should have just fallen not You're the totally other way right
2: now. yeah,
1: just saying uh fucking continuity error when she walks over to him, a cameraman jess is good um is good and starts moving toward the exit and i i fucking I can't blame Jess. Like Jess is like fuck, fuck that I'm out like you're done dude like I, I, there's no help for you I'm gone I'm leaving yeah. shouts for him to wait for her but he tells uh, he tells her to come come with him but she continues calling out to Seth yelling for Jess to come back he, her screams left in the darkness as he leaves her there. Natasha believes this cl- this clip was good enough to go to John with it finally having some strength. Steve argues the question about a descent. Uh, a decent journalist um using youtube for research calling the clip good but uh thinking that she, that she was crazy but here's the thing was she looking for homeless people or was she looking for cryptids cuz like I, you what know what story, that's the thing
2: though? we we definitely don't know it just seems like they're there to gather whatever they can
1: right, right? Like any yeah. anything to say that there is something down in this tunnel, whether it be homeless or whatever it may be, yeah. there's 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 something here. Something for mm-hmm. us to definitely explore, I guess. So yeah. Natasha pitched the story to John. He put Pete on this. And that 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 took me a lot to figure out what she was saying when she was <laughs> saying Pete on this. And I was like, what? Yeah. What is she saying? <laughs> okay. I I legit was going to hit up Rio, but it was it was very, very, very late for Rio at this time. But That's I was funny. literally gonna hit up Rio and be like, please, like at this time stamp, what are they saying? Like, I, I don't <laughs> know what they're saying here. Um, Rio would have definitely probably helped me out quite a bit. And I was, I was very close. The message was almost ready to be sent on Discord. <laughs> uh, he put Pete on this, meaning that Pete had an upcoming job in, end story in China, which was fucked up. Dude was getting ready to go to China, probably had his ticket and everything stoked as shit just to get it pulled away from him. I felt yeah, so bad. And he did yeah. nothing. <laughs> Damn. He held a fucking night vision camera the whole time. And for what? <laughs> it was they weren't using that for footage like what was it, behind the scenes? Like what are you doing this for? Anyway, <laughs> one in which he was very passionate about and she had to give him the news about him being taken off the story. October twelfth, CCTV footage of her at her desk again. Steve remembering the first time he heard about the tunnels when they were prepping up to go to China. During camera tests, he uh, he's filming tangles, asking him for to uh, for the focus chart. He does so as Steve continues explaining that Pete was excited to head over there and get stuck into the story, thinking that Pete had pretty good leads, which um which could have boosted his career. He films Pete. He asks Steve how it looks. He responds that it is good. It is Uh, it is good while pointing the camera back at tangles mocking him for breaking the camera they joke about their upcoming experience this is going to be uh uh, that that is going to be in china natasha shows up at at their cubicle and everyone already looks fucking bummed when she yeah everyone knows this is like what the fuck some some (laughs) bullshit's about to happen right now everyone looks so bummed to see her (laughs) During the interview, she shares that it was John's decision to put Pete on this story. She cl- and For why? She claims that she was a little um, uncomfortable to put Pete on the story, them not always vibing. On the CCTV footage, she motions for Pete to come follow her into the private room. She remembers feeling nervous to speak with him, not wanting to be the one to tell him. She pulls him into the hallway and audibly breaking the news to him about his story being canned. He, he looked like he was going to hit her. I was, I was I honestly scared. thought
2: that might have happened. Yeah. I was a little nervous. Like,
1: I was so nervous. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. He looks like he like his, he was balling his fist and everything. I was like, is he, I was, I was like, kind of shooting my eyes. Like, I was like, oh, fuck, is he going to hit her? Like, yeah, dude. I, I felt the same way. Oh, I was scared. I was scared. I'm glad he did. He did not hit her. Me too. Instead, Me too. he stops her and he starts walking <laughs> away. I'm like, oh, man, man. Steve's interview explains that it um, it isn't the, that exciting when you have your, your hopes high for a large story just to get it taken away from you. Natasha stands idle in the hallway thinking that she was doing the right thing. The, um, thinking that Pete postponing what he had planned was worth it in the end of the story. It's about homeless people in a tunnel, Natasha. <laughs> but,
2: yeah, so I really don't like Natasha's character and it's... From the start till the very end, I just think she's very unaware, very self-centered, very ignorant, very selfish and it's just a burden.
1: Dude, I you know, I agree. And I don't want I (laughs) don't I I don't want to like shoot her character down, but like at the same time, I was just like his story in China, we have no idea what that story was. We don't know what the fuck was yeah. going on in China, and we'll never know because Pete's uh, fucking didn't go. But like, with Pete supposedly going to China, like, how how can his story be diminished for your story when we know your story? It's not that exciting.
2: <laughs> not only that, but like, just he didn't do anything <laughs> for yeah, he, he didn't do shit. This investigation or whatever
1: i guess he explains later and we'll go we'll we'll come to this but i'm gonna say now he explains later that he was sent there he was put on this story to mainly watch her which sounds like bullshit because if you were watching her you did a terrible job at it because you didn't double (laughs) check with john to see like hey like you you cool with those going in the tunnels like we don't even got a permit like you you good with that like the fuck? Replies, oh, that would have been the right? first thing I would have. I would have done. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. I guess Pete was just very trusting, uh, a little too trusting sometimes. I guess Pete walks into John's office. Images of him looking, uh, looking like he's yelling. Steve remembering that he went uh, inside, but didn't know what happened during the conversation. Knowing that it was clear that he wasn't going to China, and Natasha won. Pete exits John's room pissed when he returns back to his desk Steve claiming that John was favoring Natasha not saying it entirely but hinting it to being sexual well fuck and there it is y'all October 14th they are at a press conference for the federal infrastructure initiative Natasha's sharing that they went to the daily press events while Steve adds that Pete was pissed off it only taken about a day or two for him to come around she continues that he did his own things since he had contacts from the council, which they started getting uh, more rumors surrounding homeless people living inside the tunnels, some even going missing. Steve brings up that they started to believe that there was something worthy here, starting to go after the water minister. Natasha noticed that um, he was staying quiet on the topic, Steve including that he or anyone else would talk to, wouldn't talk to them. They all believe that it... Um, that if this is actually true, then it is a big and important story. Cut to them running down the sidewalk, catching up to the minister, Natasha immediately bombarding him with questions about the homeless gone missing inside the tunnels. He comments that he has nothing to say, but as she continues that she, uh, she continues with the questions. He continues not providing any uh, any particular comments, chasing him out into the street, CCTV footage of Pete stopping her and bringing her back to the other side, allowing the minister to, to go. Okay. A lot's going on right now. A lot of non horror y things are going on right now. But, like, with this whole concept of them doing all this stuff, I'm still intrigued as to what the story is. So, now is the story shifted to missing homeless people? Like, or or, because, like, it started off as the homeless folk being displaced uh in a concern of that a rifle concern now it's this another rifle concern about homeless people being missing but is this just like the story laying out like i don't know i'm i'm this is where it started confusing me kind of where i was just like wait what what are they going to go in the tunnel like when, like when is when is this all happening
2: I felt the exact same way, and I was even thinking this while I was watching the movie, thinking, yeah. "What is the point of all this? Like, let's get into the meat of the story already, because right. this feels like too much prep work to oh, to set something up."
1: Yeah, I, you know, this was. Some people will call this a slow burn. I I call this a fizzle out in some ways, like because I, yeah, it didn't really. It 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 got to the point where I'm just like. It had me say finally, like when it yeah. happened, where I was like finally, yeah. like like I was I was so exhausted with the whole forty five minutes of this film because I'm just like there is nothing here, like they like they like I'm not th- none of this is fun for me. Like this water shit is boring. Like I I felt like I was watching a boring documentary for school in the beginning, and you know I I don't I don't, I don't to I, no worries I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to jump in really quick
2: and then you can finish your thought. I didn't realize you were going to say more, so my bad. But I, it's 2011, right, for this movie. I wonder if they were inspired by District 9. came out in 2009. And I wonder if they were trying to go like down that approach. They saw that that was very successful. And I wonder if they were trying to do something similar as Maybe. far as like the aspect of it feeling… Re- because I mean, I haven't seen District Nine since two thousand nine, but I remember it being I mean, very news of broadcastery, time. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I mean, I it was, it was literally were... what you what you what you are saying. Like, yeah, it was a journalist who, or not even journalists, It was a it was a crew following this guy who was like these this eviction person um, for District totally. Nine. But like, yeah. no, you're you're absolutely right. Like, I feel like this, uh tried to do something like that, but that was at least interesting, you know. Like, like this, <laughs> this story is not interesting enough for me to to be compelled. Like, if, if I wasn't watching this for the show, I I think I would have turned this off.
2: Oh, to be honest, yeah. Uh, not to be mean, but yeah, I would have checked out
1: yeah. far into the beginning. And I I don't want to sound like an asshole because I know a lot of people like <laughs> this movie, and and like I said, I enjoyed it when the stuff happened, like when the stuff started happening, I was like, okay, now, yeah, okay, this is fun. Like this should have happened 30 minutes ago though. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like we, we didn't need all this fluff. Like, cause all of this yeah. was just fluff. I, I didn't need some all people, of it.
2: <laughs> some people like that. And that's okay. Just cause we don't like it. doesn't diminish that.
1: Nope. Damn, movie absolutely itself.
2: Not. And like, if you like it, you like it. Some people yeah. like that, that slow buildup. I, I think uh, just for me personally, like that moment, that were at like the hour and five minute mark, I would have loved to seen that at like maybe twenty or thirty minutes, and a lot of people may have a lot to say against that and why it is better the way it is, but you know, just from my personal opinion, that's how I'm feeling.
1: Yeah. No definitely. She believed that there was a large scale of folks in the government that knew what was going on. Steve also believed in the same, especially knowing that they were hiding something. October 18th, Natasha began getting in contact with shelters in the city, coming across one homeless man who possibly lived in the tunnels. Got to them getting ready to film this homeless man, Trevor, um, inside of a room. Steve says during his interview that he's not sure how Natasha found Trevor. They set up Trevor, Pete whispering to Natasha to, to not push him too hard she agrees letting trevor know that he uh, if he doesn't feel comfortable with anything to let her know he acknowledges natasha admits uh, um, admits that the interview was tricky with trevor she begins the interview with him he cuts he cuts her off to call them trev she acknowledges asking him about his circumstances to cause to uh, cause him to live in the tunnels he sighs that it kept him and his friends warm in the winter time Back to Steve's interview, sharing that um, that Trev's interview started out great. Natasha shares that he started to, to to tell her a little bit about his circumstances of what it was what what it was like living in the tunnels. In her interview with Trev, she she asks about her about his friends and if they still live inside the tunnel. His demeanor completely shifts, answering no. He looks around the room as his smile turns into a frown. She asks about his comfort level. He claims that he's fine. She continues the questions. Um, uh, if he, if he knew anyone that went missing, he begins to sob. As soon as she is, as soon as she asks if he's, if he's all right, he yells no, pushing over the table and trying to run out of the room, but the door is locked for some fucking reason. What do you, what the fuck, man?
2: They kept this man in there. They're like, don't open the door for him.
0: Yeah.
1: Pure captivity. Pete tries to calm him down, but he continues keeping his distance as he runs. This poor man runs to the other side of the room, screaming no in the fetal position. Like open the fucking door. He wants to leave. They just just keep filming him. This scene made me so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like you are you to me. You're doing so much more damage than what your intentions are supposed to be, I guess. Like yeah. Natasha knew that after the interview, she felt that all of the pieces were leading, uh, leading to something larger, knowing that they needed to get, get down there. October 19th, CCT footage of Natasha on an audio recording by NSW Department of Transport and Infrastructure. A woman named Pam answers the phone. She tells Pam that she needs to get inside the tunnels, wondering who she needs to speak with to make this happen. Pam can cautiously ask her about uh, ask her what her story is about. Natasha, now referring to as Nat at this point in time because it's a lot, doesn't answer the question, claiming that she needs thirty minutes. Pam puts her on hold, coming back to the phone, apologizing um, that she can't that she can't help her this time around. Nat's confused as Pat continues. As Pam, excuse me, continues that uh, nobody is getting in there and she is not, she will not be receiving any special treatment. That reminds her that they are dealing with quote unquote her, but that is the exact reason why Pam isn't allowing it. As she tries to, to as she tries explaining how much time she will need inside, Pam briefly apologizes before hanging up in her face. In Nat's interview, she felt that she was under a lot of pressure to get the story, and at the time she thought uh, she was tr- just doing her job— um excuse me, and at the time, she thought she was just doing her job. In Steve's interview, however, he explains that there were rumors going around that Nat was in trouble, uh, needing this story, or she was going to be fired. She explains that she put a lot of work into her career, but it was hanging on to this one story, feeling as if she didn't have much of a choice. Inside the office, Pete is filming Tangles asking about his head. Tangles compares himself to a shark, quote, as long as he keeps moving, he'll be okay, unquote. Pete uh, turns, on the, turns on the night vision, claiming that this, will, this is what he, uh, he looked like last night. Steve comes into the cubicle, laughing about how, how he got the camera from the network. Pete questions if it is waterproof, as Steve confirms. They set up the other camera for testing. Tangles checks the microphone as Nat comes over. Pete asks her uh, about her permit, uh, about how, how the permit went. She admits that she wasn't able to get the permit sorted, but John has them covered. Okay. Now, that was very (laughs) long-winded. But I need to talk about this. First things first. Let's talk about Nat being in trouble. Nat being so in trouble to the point where she gets this man Pete kicked off his fucking story that he really, really wants to be a part of in China.
2: I mean, no wonder you're in trouble when you're acting like this. Fair. When your character is the type that would, you know, can someone's trip and just to benefit your own um
1: I think that says a lot about your character I agree I agree yeah and secondly I want to bring up why does Steve have or why does fucking Pete have this fucking camera <laughs> what is the fucking <laughs> yeah
2: what is the point I agree with you
1: What's the- like obviously the the main point Is to move the plot along to get fucking Spooky shots of this creature with night vision But like yeah. what the fuck Besides that Well you got this camera for me <laughs> <laughs> You're right you're right uh, Oh my god Oh, Alright the only person I do like In this I'm not gonna lie though I do like Tangles Yeah me too
0: I, I like Tangles a
1: lot I, I do like Tangles Um, I, I I like his personality, but, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I wish we didn't have the setup that he was just this major prankster, I guess, in the beginning, but like, I get it to make it seem like he's pulling a prank on them a little bit later, but I didn't get that vibe. Everyone felt very serious trying to find him. They didn't. They. It didn't feel like everyone was just like, ah, oh, he's fucking with us. You know, like ah, he'll he'll come around, kind of thing. It, it, everyone felt very serious
2: looking. For yeah. Him.
1: So I mean,
2: I yeah, it's. I I think there was a a moment where Nat was thinking he was joking for a bit, right? Right. But I don't know time and place. <laughs> in My opinion, especially like with like how long he was gone for.
1: Oh fuck, dude! So. Seriously. Yeah. Like, and I I I I don't know why Steve didn't say what he heard on the me either in the headphones. I'd have been like, I was like no, dude, he, he was fucking screaming and gargling and gurgling and shit. It was like something something happened. Something's wrong. <laughs> like something. Yeah, happened. I also
2: felt the same way. I was like, why would you just not state that information? He, he didn't say and
1: shit. He was just like just felt like he just started looking for him. He was like, oh, what the fuck? And then he just started running to- towards that area, but.
2: Yeah, it felt very much just intentionally omitted just to build suspense, like on the movie approach side of
1: things. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cut to Steve's interview, believing that uh, that the arrangement felt pretty loose of them just having to trust that they'll be fine. Back in the office, Pete asked if she's sure she claims to be. I mean, I would have if I was Pete, I would have went to John and be like, like, hey, man, like, just want to let you know we're going to go to the station. Something. Yeah. Like just damn, a, I mean, like yeah, like just to being confirm,
2: put on a project and not like not confirming, confirming shit. or even speaking to the person that you report to. That's just so odd to me.
1: Yeah, that was weird. Uh, like, yeah. it's just I wouldn't have trusted shit. I would be like, okay, well, let me at <laughs> least let him know that like we're gonna be leaving soon. Like, totally, like, yeah. This, this is, they said that they were gonna leave that night or something like that. So. Mm. I don't know. He asks her when uh, when they can go. She confirms that they can go tonight. He quickly checks in with Tangles and Steve if they are good for the tunnel crawling for tonight. They are all in. Nat continues looking uh, slightly nervous as we move back to Steve's interview, explaining that it is their job to film it, not their job to question it. October 20th. 10:34 p.m. government cctv footage of them walking in, into the station cuts to uh cuts to us on Steve's camera with Nat in front of the crew they are all called back to, uh, by a station worker needing them to come back the other direction since they're entering a restricted area Pete explains that they are just filming for about 30 minutes and will be out will be out of their hair shortly The worker asked for a permit. Pete asked for one from Nat. She goes over to uh, speak with the worker, explaining that they have permission to be filming. She goes back over to Pete, asking how much money he has in his wallet. what <laughs> yeah i and uh, i do like this because of what they're saying they're like it's not a like we don't live in a third world country like this is not gonna work <laughs> like, yeah his, his face drops but the cct uh the cctv footage shows him dig in his pockets um and her, and uh pull out some money she goes back over to the worker trying to hand him the money as a group of men claim that this isn't going to work. They were right. Because the worker calls them all back, that it is time for them to leave. The worker escorts them down the East public entrance. Nat explains that they decided to find another way inside, with or without official assistance. There's footage of them finding a maintenance gate. Nat pushes on the locked gate, trying to relieve the slack to enter. Pete questions if she's sure that John has this story. She chuckles that she is sure. No, you're fucking not. Like, are you serious? like if you see this person going up to do some illegal shit it is no fucking way your boss signed off on this no yeah, way totally. like you know how much trouble that fucking news place would get in like get in like they would they would be in so much trouble if they um, knew yeah. like like their film crew fucking broke in to this tunnel yep. through the maintenance shaft come on no way, no way, but anyway um <clears throat> in Steve's interview, he felt something uh wasn't right, and he began covering for each other um filming everything filming everything there to protect themselves if something went wrong okay, so we th- I do like this because we do get our establish of why they are filming right um him filming mainly to cover his own ass because he's just like just. I'm filming to let you know Like this was not my fucking idea. This was Nat's idea, and I'm filming so I can do that. So, yeah. She continues trying to open – or or, excuse me, providing uh, this evidence that it uh, it wasn't any of them, but Nat that continued to have them go further. She continues trying to be – to get the – Get the gate open a bit further, Pete handing her the camera to allow it to go even to allow him to just push it forward. He moves it, opening it up um as she enters inside first, then calling all the rest of the crew to come inside the uh they 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 break in the gate and begin moving inside the maintenance tunnel. Pete pushing the gate to cover their tracks. Steve admitting that them not wanting to be discovered was probably the largest their largest mistake. Cut to them quickly walking down the tunnel. Steve asking Pete if they're okay to 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 be down there. Pete reminds him that Nat said John has them covered. Um, they continue. Uh, yeah, I would so be like, nah, I'm calling him right fucking now. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. that. Like, I'm calling John. Because this feels hella sketchy. Like, I'm not doing this, Nat. Like, I'm calling John. Uh, they continue descending deeper inside the current uh, lit tunnel. Steve explains their roles when they are when they start filming. Pete and Nat looking after the editorial content and his job to get the shot. He quickly directs Nat gathering different shots of her walking past things. Him entangles Tangles just getting wrapped up in shooting, not thinking much of it. During Nat's interview, she explains that there were whole sections of the tunnels that were pitch black. As they continue deeper, Steve adding that uh, that you you could turn around and not know where you are because there are so many junctions, knowing that they will need to need to keep the light on they uh they walk in the darkness for a bit Steve asks Tangles to check on his light Tangles does so turning the light onto his face the whole crew laughing at his reaction before they gather the rest of the lights and continue further into the tunnels that shares that Pete sourced a map of the tunnels but the further they got in the more they realize that um that it wasn't ac- the, excuse me the more that they realize that it wasn't accurate you know that i wish they would have hearkened more on that too like I, I wish we'd have just known that the map was completely off a lot sooner, mm-hmm. because I feel yeah, like that would have really added more of the of like the dread aspect to this, like oh fuck they're lost kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think you you couldn't say it better. It needs to be set up a lot earlier on, and and it invokes that feeling of loss if you know that ahead of time.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. throughout
2: the throughout the movie I kept thinking why don't they just turn back and go back the way the game. Right. <laughs> but uh, it kind of took me a bit to realize like, Oh, it's very much a labyrinth because they run into dead ends and things like that.
1: Yeah. Cause we find out, we find out soon that there was, this was also used during world war two as well. Um, so it was built inside of there. There was more sections built inside there, I guess, but I don't know. This was, I'm with you though. Like, I, w- I wish we would have had a scene of them turning around and be like, wait, like, where where the fuck are we? Kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. we didn't really get that. Like, everyone kind of seemed like in some way, some capacity, they are just like, let's keep moving, we'll get out eventually. Like, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, There being whole sections of the tunnel that weren't there. They stopped to check Pete's map. He points in a direction that he believes they will start heading through. That explains that her impression... Um, her impressions was that the tunnel was a lot more vast than they expected. They peered down the huge tunnel corridor, Pete trying to uh, trying to make them um, low-key. Everyone blown away by how massive it is. Shots of Nat walking deeper. Steve admitting that it, was, it wasn't difficult to get great shots. Quick cuts to them filming different surroundings, including graffiti that um, has helped me painted on the wall. A train pass, passes by. Tangles having them stop for a moment due to the sound. Nat found the, the history inside the tunnel to be incredible, dating back before World War II. Kinda of want to go back a little bit. Um actually let me finish this really quick. Um it it um it it to be used as an underground rail system, but in World War II it was used as an as air raid shelters. They continue fighting an old bathroom, Nat beginning her journalistic speech, explaining that she's standing inside an old old air raid shelter that was created for soldiers um that stay for long periods of time she goes over the various rooms that um that were used for training the rooms being reused for different purposes including the water recycling that's happening currently the crew continues walking coming across a prior homeless encampment be- um, belongings everywhere net hands over the flashlight and preps up her her Preps up herself for her next segment. She shares that they've been walking less than an hour and already coming across the space. During this, um, her interview, she found the proof that she needed that people were living down there. She continues during her segment that there aren't any signs of current occupants, but it proves that the minister's prior suggestions are incorrect. They continue moving. Nat going under, going down a ladder. Tangles is staring out something, staring out at something with a strange look on his face. Steve asks him, "What's up?" He suggests that it's nothing, while cracking a joke about his weight. A loud bang below, they immediately check on Nat, uh, making sure she's alright. She claims to be Pete, letting her know that uh, that they already have some evidence. Nat Nat's not wanting to call it quits right now she irritatedly yells that she's fine he turns around telling Steve and Tangles that she really needs this story since she's on thin ice revealing that she, that being the reason why he's, be, he's there in the first place because John doesn't want to uh, want her to fuck up again she calls out to them that the sound travels quite well down there calling them assholes for the prior conversation Pete starts descending as, the, as they joke around with him continuing to call him an asshole as well okay now I want to back up a little bit there's okay. a couple of things that I want to um take a jab at one the graffiti would help me over it I wonder if this was supposed to be that girl Kate who got stuck mm-hmm. in there looking for uh Seth or Seth or whatever that his name was um I wonder if that was supposed to be her tagging but it would have been nice if we would have gotten a better glimpse of what seth was tagging on to see if that was the same thing because that would have been awesome to know if that was the same area that they went into um i like to assume it's the same area but i don't know it's hard to tell
2: i agree with you um i did the help me tag did catch my eyes well i thought we're gonna see more of that going down the road um just something that invokes with like the taggings on the wall, uh, I don't know why because if it's it to me, I think it you know it's very deliberate if someone's tagging help me uh right, and it makes you think that they've seen something and have been able to get away and continue to hide to the point where they can write help me, yeah, so it's weird that like we never build off that,
1: yeah, it's interesting, it's really interesting that we 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 don't build off that at all really um so. I was curious off that. Um another thing I was curious about was um the findings of the homeless encampment, that not being enough for her. Like Yeah. Why? Why why yeah, do you, you have to go deeper? Like what True. what is the point of you going deeper? I don't understand. I point. Yeah. Like, are you just trying to prove that there's more homeless people living in there? Like, what was the deal? Yeah, what so, are you
2: looking for? It would have right. help if we knew.
1: Yeah, like like what? Yeah, like what are you looking for? That that's the main thing that I had in the question when they were going deeper and deeper. I was just like, what the fuck are they looking for? You found the yeah. fuck shit you you need it for your story. Now, are mm-hmm. you searching for missing homeless people? Because if you find them, are they technically missing at that point? Like we're like, well, like you know what I'm saying? So it's just I don't I don't know yeah, what the reason of. Right, it was like <laughs> like I don't know what the reason is. Of them continuing to go and besides it being a movie but that whole thing completely destroyed my my um my suspension of disbelief this part right here at this part i was like okay this now just feels like a movie because like you you got you got the evidence you got what you needed and you told everybody else you only needed 30 minutes like you got what you needed it's been 30 minutes Let's turn around. Let's go. Like,
0: yeah, what else do you need right. here?
1: So I don't know. Down below, they find a cart that they kick down the hall. Tangles chases after it. Once, uh, once complete, they continue moving even deeper underneath the, underneath the now water risen tunnel. Nat reveals that the underground lake is at least a meter long. While Steve expresses that him and Tangles play jokes on each other, grabbing Tangles to act like he was going to push him into the lake. <clears throat> Excuse me he misses the moment to pull him back, pushing him into the lake Um, accidentally, quote-unquote. They all have a laugh. And that totally looked intentional. Like, he looked like he totally yeah. just pushed him into that fucking lake. Yeah. I was like, nah, dude, you're a fucking he, he saw. Yeah, he, he knew what the fuck he was doing. Um, Yeah, okay. I guess this goes with my gripe because she continues the whole World War II thing, and it turns into now a World War II segment where it's just like, oh, world war Two. i forgot about this like i'm now it's yeah. educational so it was just all over the place for me it's kind of hard to keep up yeah Nat checks on him to make sure he's all right uh, while Tangles has to climb out of the water pissed off. Steve understands that he uh, understands that when it is time to work, Tangles gets serious about the job, believing him when he expresses um, any issues. They begin Nat's segment reporting um, where she is in the water resource that's behind her. Tangles stops her asking uh pete if he's uh if he's whispering he chuckles that he's not whispering they bring it back uh from the top she starts up again tangles apologizes and stops her again wondering if anyone is fucking with him i wish we would have been in his ears i wanted to know what he was listening to go
2: there like let's let's get all of that i'm surprised they didn't do any
1: of that right Although I do like this part because now I I feel like, OK, now we're starting to get to the fucking horror like now, like this is starting to kind of kick off and it's starting to get a little more exciting for me. And this is the stuff yeah. I loved. I, I started yeah. loving this part. So, like, I love half of this movie or not even half of this. movie. I love a quarter of this movie um, <laughs> uh, and the other 75 percent. I'm just like i didn't need any of this it, it made zero sense for me it kind of reminded me of cloverfield the same issue i had with cloverfield like i fucking mm-hmm. hate the beginning of cloverfield as y'all know but same <laughs> issue here he checks the battery steve suggesting that it um that it could be his cables but he immediately brushes him off that the cables don't talk um and i was thinking about like batteries do like <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're about to begin again. Nat's interview, um, interview explaining that she believed Tangles when he claimed to hear something, but she expresses that it, um, it was entirely silent. Steve also th- um, thinking that it could be some sort of tech issues, but Tangles was adamant that there wasn't something going on. Nat includes her report on the water. Steve asking if Pete's happy. He is Pete asked if Tangles is happy. Uh, he is slightly distracted um, but he claims that he is that's good enough for them and they continue moving okay this is the third time I guess Tangles has been entranced by something like I wish in the beginning when he first was like looking out and like looking confused wish he would have said something and be like no I think I heard something or I think I see something or something something yeah at that point just
2: like you have to explain it you can't keep asking do you hear that do you hear that like be like i heard this do you guys hear that
1: it's like no motherfucker i don't hear shit so like what do you hear like (laughs) tell me tell me what you hear i want to hear it steve interviews um that after they finished their pl- their piece at the lake, they decided to head to the bell room. Inside this room, Nat explains that this room was made as an alert system during the war. Okay, but why do we fucking care, Nat? <laughs> yeah. Like, why will we care about this? Your story was supposed to be about homeless people. If I was Pete in this situation, I'd be like, Nat, our story was about homeless people. Can we stay on topic? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what the fuck does this have to do? Like, Yeah, I agree. It would have made more sense if Trev, for example, was like some fucking war vet or something. Like, yeah. granted, he was way too young to be a war vet for fucking World War II. But still, like, it, something. Something to make this yeah. part all make sense. Because, like, mm-hmm. none of this makes sense. Them doing this. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're We're all going in circles at this point. Uh, They rang the bell, Steve calling it uh, deafening. Tangles um, has her do it again since the sound was uh, blown off the meter. She does it again. But that is still not good enough. He wants to go down the hall asking for Pete's permission. He allows it. Steve explaining that he went into the uh, adjacent room to uh, to make the sound a bit soft, softer for his level. He admits that he doesn't know much about recording sound but he believed that it, it was a bit weird for him to leave out of the room instead of just turning the sound down on the meter. Good point. Tangles yeah. gets the sound ready asking for him a- Asking for one of them to watch uh, for levels, apologizing as he blames the echoes of the room. Steve offers to do it, putting on the headphones as Tangles moves down the hallway. Nat went to do it again, that being when Steve heard something through the headphones. He holds the headphones to his ears, calling out, quote unquote, "What the fuck?" when they can, when they can hear soft screaming from tangles. All right, begins fucking action. Nat yeah, asks finally. finally seriously Nat asks if they heard that the cord is then snatched down the hall Steve calls for tangles as he runs down the hall commanding Pete to gather him some light he runs back to grab the camera with the light source on it Nat runs down to join Steve to join Steve as he continues shouting for tangles who's no longer there Pete asks him if uh, what he heard in the headphones he doesn't answer as he continues shouting for tangles Nat is first. Nat at first believed that he was joking around since she, um, since that's what she's used to. Steve, on the other hand, knew that he wasn't messing around. During Nat's interview, they hand her headphones to listen to what Tangles' microphone actually recorded. As the audio plays, Tangles is left with his muffled screams as if someone was attacking him. She takes the headphones off in absolute terror. This was hands down the best scene in this fucking movie.
2: Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. It's so satisfying because it, it, it kind of, I mean, clearly I think everyone listening can tell that Nat bothers me a little bit.
0: <laughs> and
2: <laughs> uh, when, you know, she's going on about how like, yeah, I didn't think much of it. My initial thought that he was just kidding. And I'm like, I, I think you can tell like when, when there's a serious situation.
1: Yeah. like that And felt not pranking, quite serious right? The way yeah. that wire was ripped away from them was very violent. Like that didn't sound like totally someone was fucking choking.
2: Totally. And then, you know, it was very satisfying to be like, "No, you thought this is what happened. Listen to this. Like, you thought this was a joke." Clearly at this point she doesn't think it's a joke anymore, but Right. I mean, it also like, you know, she has this moment later down with very bad timing may I add, where she like has a breakdown and she realizes this is all her fault, which it is. You
0: know,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> she put these people in the situation, not letting anyone know that they were going down there, but like it's true. this further reinforces like this is your fault. Listen to what happened, and you thought he was kidding at first granted, like can't really blame someone for that, but still, I think she's just not very aware, and uh it continuously shows not to be a hater, but I'm hating.
1: I mean, but no, you're right. Because like, yeah. we don't get that moment yet. We get that moment a little bit later when she realizes, like, oh fuck, this is serious. Um, because like even right now, like I guess this is supposed to be them not taking this serious, except for, uh, Steve and Pete. Um, yeah. but I guess Nat is just kind of like following along at this point in time. But I don't know. Back inside with the crew, they continue looking and calling for Tangles as the battery on the camera goes out. They take um, they take quick. Excuse me. They quickly gather a spare and place it into the camera, Steve knowing that it is pretty evident that they wouldn't find anyone without light. Pete tries to reassure him that, that they will find Tangles as he continues frantically searching room for room. Steve only had his camera light, knowing that it it um, he had about two to three hours of light. Now, this is great. This is really important that he has two to three hours of light. Now, this has given us a sense of time of how long they're going to be down here for. Yeah. Pete and Nat um, stops him asking for the whereabouts of his kit. He answers at his back of the bell room. Pete, knowing that the rest of the lights are, are with it, them needing to go back. They rush back into the bell room. All of their belongings are now gone. Pete tries frantically looking for their things while Steve wants to get back to searching for Tangles. No, Steve. You don't fucking find this weird that your shit is gone? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Now this is like... Like granite, he might be like, missing,
2: and someone has taken all your stuff. Like, huge, the biggest red flags.
1: Like seriously, like yeah. Like granite, he's probably thinking like, oh fuck, so, something is in here with us because it took our shit. I need to find tangles so we can yeah. get the fuck out of here, kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I just want to know how how fast is this creature? <laughs>
0: I mean, we'll see see later that it's
1: real quick, but it's just like it was quick enough to hide uh, Tangles, come back into the bell room, grab their shit and run with it, and then go back to kill Tangles? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean,
2: think about it, though, right? Like, the moment where Tangles gets dragged and the cord rips, Tangles is an adult man, and whatever this is, Pull them out so aggressively and quick yeah. that the, the cable just snapped and just flew off.
1: It was so fucking awesome. Goddamn! Yeah, was- like well, that that scene was fantastic. Pete hands the camera over to Nat so he can check the map. He searches it, and according to the map, it loops back to round to the bell room. Steve wants to split up, but Pete vetoes that immediately since, um, that's their only source of light. Yeah, you dumbass. What the fuck? Steve has two more left and he springs into action. Pete screams for his name, causing him to stop and turn around, explaining that they, um, that they can't just run around here and they need to stick together. Steve yells for him to keep up then, then springs back into action, frantically searching for tangles as he screams for his name. They search through the halls, Nat thinking that Tangles is messing around, but Pete knows that he wouldn't do it for for this long. She wonders who took their stuff then. He rationalizes that it could have been the homeless or jun- or junkies. Steve shudders as he sh- uh, shares that um, he heard, quote unquote, it, not knowing what it, it quite was. Pete asks him uh what it was but they continue moving. Nat shuts the camera down as they continue into the maze of t- of the tunnels. Back on they uh make it to another room. Steve taking a bit of a break as he, as he places the camera down. Nat sits down on the floor holding holding her back as Steve checks um on as Steve checks on her um as excuse me holding her back as Steve checks on her as Pete tries, um, gathering service on his cell phone. Steve reminds him that they've been there twice, thinking that he could be back at the lake. Pete tries to rationalize that Tangles, um, could possibly be waiting for him, waiting for them from the place they came. Steve rudely expresses how unlikely that is, thinking that he's back at the lake. And how I say rudely, he was just like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard, Pete. Like, he's, like, <laughs> he's pretty much like that. <laughs> uh, Pete asks him about how much, uh, how much light he has. He responds that he has enough. That, that, that's not enough for me. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to need, like, specifics. Like, do we got an hour? Do we got an hour and a half? Do we got two hours? Like, how much is enough? Like, I'm going to need you to explain all of that. Mm -mm. Nat quiets them both asking if they hear something something rattles from another room Steve immediately grabs his camera and starts booking it down the hall calling for his friend he makes it to the door Pete helping him move it out of the way they head inside the room has only a chair in it and it is covered in blood Pete finds Tangles' flashlight on the ground Steve not wanting to accept that this blood is from Tangles well fuck this is also great but also very confusing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I thought we were going to really build up from here, and I was getting excited, but I feel like we kind of teeter off and, like you said, fizzled out.
1: Yeah, it just fizzes out for me. You know, because like I... Granted, this might be budget talking, but it was just like, I was like, oh, fuck, we got a torture room? Like, this is crazy. And like the amount of blood that was in this room was nuts. But once again, this This doesn't make sense for the whole light thing. Light being like this source to keep it away or whatever. When he had a flashlight with him, he even took it with him to his torture room. Like, like, like. yeah, it doesn't make sense. So maybe the only thing I can think in my head to make it make sense is that the light wasn't bright enough.
2: But, or maybe just not pointing in the right direction, but. Still. maybe because
1: maybe it has to be pointed directly at the creature but yeah i don't know steve I interviews- would think it sorry go sorry
2: ahead. i was gonna say if he's in that small room i would imagine it would like kind of lit
1: the room same <laughs> yeah same Steve interviews on on what they found, thinking thinking of himself as an older brother to him. Nat's ready to leave out of this out of this room as she looks at the blood covered wall. Pete believes she's right and that Tangles could be close by. They, if I was her, I would be like, "No, like we need to get the fuck out of here, like the whole yeah. tunnel." Tangles is fucking dead. Like it's clear mm-hmm. now. They leave out of the room. Nat looking for her camera um, that uh that's, that is in a different spot on the, on the ground. Nat starts checking the camera to see if it recorded something. Pete and Steve kneel next to her to see the footage. So far, just them screaming to open the door, the camera on the ground as they head inside. While they are inside, the camera is then picked up by someone else, recording them inside the room, zooming in on each of their faces as they discuss to leave. As they are leaving, the cameras placed on the ground, but there was one frame that was caught. They play it back, Steve calling it fucking frightening. As w- as we get a quick glimpse of something with clouded eyes staring into the camera, this is great. I like this. Yeah,
2: I love the camera being picked up. I love getting a glimpse of it. I wish it was a clearer shot, though. Um, yeah, me too. I get I get what they're going for, but um, I just wanted more at this point. It's been too long, and you need to give me more, but right i like where they're headed i just wish they continued with that trajectory
1: yeah that's fair they're all in shock at what they're seeing pete screaming out as he checks around the corner coming back that they found they that they need to get out of there steve doesn't want to leave tangles down there uh with this thing but pete calmly shares where his where his priorities are with him Nat. Steve yells for him uh, for him to fuck off and uh, and that he will stay down there and, and continue searching for tangles. Be my fucking guest, then, Steve. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, but I'm out. Like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. He tries to run off, but um, is grabbed by Pete. He softly suggests that they stick uh, stick together, um, knowing that it will have a harder time taking them out. He wants to get to, uh, to the top and get help, that being Tangle's best chance at this point. Impath- empathizing uh, with Steve ab- um, about him, but Steve underst- understands that, P- that Pete made sense, but it was still hard for him to leave Tangle's behind. I feel that. But I mean you gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying yeah
2: like, there's no you use can leave and get L help.
1: Yes. Exactly.
2: And you you can leave and get help though. Like get people that could actually like come in numbers or are right. trained to like help.
1: Yeah. Like go go back to the fucking like guard that you went to and be like, yo, I know we said we weren't gonna go in there. We went in there, something bad happened to my friend, and we're gonna need you to like send help. Call the fucking whatever you need to call. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but they don't do that. Instead, nope. they cut to them walking back toward the entrance. Pete sharing the plan about them getting out of there and getting help. She, um Nat stops in the darkness as Steve continues moving as she expresses that she wants them to stay and look for Tangles. Bitch, why? <laughs> we we had this plan to fucking go out of here and, and get help for Tangles and come back like come on, what? what is wrong with you? What is wrong yep. with you? <laughs> He nervously chuckles as he knows that she isn't there for Tangles. As they continue down the, the, the tunnels, they hear something coming toward them. They immediately hide, turning the light off as, as they hear footsteps approaching them. A person uh, with keys calls out to see um, if anyone is down there. <laughs> 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 I just like the fact that we have this fucking guard who just does rounds down in these tunnels every so often.
2: Which seems so out of place because <laughs> one, why? Two, he, wouldn't he have gotten an attack by now
1: if he's ah! if this
2: was a normal thing he does?
1: Oh, my God. I guess like, I don't know. Maybe. There's OK, I time. like to think that maybe this was a. Like. A fucking. I don't know how to even put this right like a head honcho type of move from this creature right because like it we hear pete say like we need to stick together because it can't take all of us and i think this was just like you had a fourth person again and i took him out right in front of you you want to bet that i can't take all (laughs) of you like it felt like that it felt like that nat whisper said um whispers that it is the guard. Um, they all come out. Pete announcing them as the guard reminds them uh, that they weren't supposed to come down there. What if he just started shooting? Uh, he tells the guard that, they, that their friends are at, um, has gone missing. The guard sighs that he wants them to come, come with him as they are walking. Nat consistently calls out to him, asking him about what's going on down there. He, um, as he tries bringing them into the hall, he um, he's quickly snatched up by something and dragged deeper into the halls. They all run the other direction, looking for a place to hide. Making it to a room, killing the light um, once they are inside. Switching to night vision as they try to uh, catch the, catch their breath. Nat looks around the room, um, whispering the question, asking where they are. They shush her. But um, she continues asking questions about what what they just um, saw. Pete answers that he isn't sure, but commands her to keep it down because it could be close. Steve asks if Pete saw it, but he didn't. Knowing whatever it was is huge. They instruct her to turn the camera off. She does so. Pete turns the camera back on asking if it, if everyone is all right. Steve's arm is gashed, he brushed it off that he snagged it on something while they were running. Nat takes off her shirt to patch him up pete uh Pete checks to see if they're if they're ready to move out soon because they can't stay there. She's worried that the, that um she's worried that the thing comes may come back as he looks um at all of the r i p tagging on the ceiling. I thought this was also interesting. There's like a lot of different rest in peace things in there. I'm like, is yeah. the creature doing this? Like, it's
2: interesting, yeah. Because like,
1: like they're deep. Who, in there. Like, who Who's is doing, doing this? this? Who is doing this? Who's going in here and surviving? Like, yeah. <laughs> Steve wonders if they can't take it, but he doubts it, wanting to worry about them getting out of there. He cuts the camera off and then back on, thinking that it is possibly gone. net agrees that they could that they should uh, start making their way. Um, out of there, you know it's interesting that they thought that this thing was gone because they saw how fucking quiet it could be while it's right behind them, yeah, it recorded y'all, and you're still assuming that this bunch. thing is quiet Nah, yeah. fam that's this thing ain't quiet, this thing is loud i mean this thing is quiet, excuse me, um, they're assuming that this thing is just gonna just be walking around super loud. That ain't happening. This thing is just fucking silent. Um, Pete moves first. Steve, the last one behind. Pete drops to the ground once they reach a certain area. Looking at the map, Net asks him. <clears throat> Nat asks him uh, what he's doing. He reveals that this isn't on the map. Trying to figure out while well, Net is uh, becoming more irritable as everyone fears fears are heightened. He points in a direction. Steve questions if it wasn't it was. If it isn't the right way. Pete thinking if they find the safest route if they found the safest route and waited out from there, um, Steve sarcastically agrees that being a good plan. Or at least it sounded like it was sarcasm, but he went along with it. Pete thinking that uh John will send someone once he realizes that they are that they haven't called yet. He asks Nat if John knows if they're there. By this point, dude, you should have known John knows that y'all ain't there. <laughs> Come the fuck on. She doesn't answer him. As she moves by one of the hallway corridors, he goes up to her, angrily questioning her if John knows that, um, that they are there. Um, rightfully upset, but she tries to explain that she needed them. He argues that they just lost a friend, questioning her needing her story. She starts raising her voice, mocking him for not being a real journalist. Damn.
2: Dude, I hate her. I'm saying it. I'm sorry. I hate her.
1: Why? Why? Why she? Why she do this?
2: She's defensive. She's uh, reflecting, right?
1: Yeah. Like I'm just. I was. I was shocked. I'm not gonna lie. I was shocked. I was like,
2: I think I probably said out out loud, like she sucks. (laughs) 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 She sucks.
1: fair point he yanks the camera out of her hand pointing it at her uh, to begin sharing her piece of the, uh, her piece to the camera snapping his fingers at her to come up with a story about how they lost their friend based on her quote-unquote her stupidity fuck her uh as really? Nat's lip quivers he continues belittling her calling her pathetic before turning the camera off i'm like, I'm like okay i'm now you kind of take it a little too far like I get it like yeah, <laughs> she nah, fucked I up get, like get. yeah like but like damn dude you'd have to like call her pathetic and am like
2: fuck okay and now he's feeling hurt and now, he's lashing out
1: right I'm just like bro why did you say this <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I like how Steve is just allowing it to happen <laughs> <laughs> he's just recording these two just like yep but like, y'all yeah. both wrong. Like, like <laughs> Pete, you should have known John wasn't into this shit. Nat, you should have brought us here. Like, yeah. Oh man, camera, camera is back on as they continue moving. Them hearing rustling from the distance. Pete follows the sound, demanding for for Steve to turn off the camera light as they check it out. They move through the area, hearing something that sounds like it is choking and gagging close by. Nat requests to look through the the viewfinder as the uh new as the night vision camera, um, excuse me, uh, uh, the viewfinder of the night vision camera. She zooms in on the guard who is missing his eyes as he searches oh. around in the water once again. It's fucking amazing.
2: This is great shit. This moment is really cool.
1: This moment's amazing. You can see the blood um, caked around his eye holes. This is awesome. My dude is over here playing impromptu Marco Polo, and it is great. (laughs) Steve suggests that, and uh, this is my second favorite part here. Steve suggests that they help him as the guard moves around sobbing. There's always, or there's also growling. Behind him, as the guard whippers even more, grabbing the man's head and snapping his neck in the slowest and most vicious way possible, turning it a complete 180 degrees, allowing us to hear every single bone crack freely within his neck before allowing him to then just float and drift off in the water. Oh my fucking God. This is a really cool moment. This moment is amazing. And I've never in my years of watching horror or movies in general have seen a neck snap this vicious before. Yeah. And I think it was just the fact that it was slow.
2: Yeah, I think that's what it was. That was the the icing on the cake.
1: Because God damn like you saw the jerking motion and everything of like how the bone just set free and it was like oh fuck Mm -hmm. this was great but I love how like this is the moment where Nat's just like ah (laughs) 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 the crew continues to stay quiet until nat lets out a sob the creature looks over at them with it's piercing glowing eyes on the night vision camera and starts approaching them they immediately start running through the hall steve running close behind as they continue moving steve thinking that they lost it but they continue running anyway smart move making it underneath an opening nat begins screaming through the opening that's right above a highway Pete stops her as he expresses that they're just that they're just underneath the highway and nobody will hear them. She keeps trying as he tries to quiet her down, but she begins to sob as she believes that they are doomed. She sits on the ground as as um he tells her to keep her voice down. Steve adding, um Steve even adding to shut her up. And I was like, damn, Steve, that was fucked up. But (laughs) I understand where you're coming from. Trying to catch her.
2: i I see where he's coming from
1: i see where he's coming from but he didn't have to say it like that he didn't have to say would you shut her up i was just like (laughs) Like, you could have just helped him like like nat like like we need to be quiet like you said that you know yeah but you didn't have to say like we need to be quiet yeah (laughs) you'd have to give pete the role to be the one to shut her up (laughs) trying to catch her breath she calms down he asked Steve if uh, if he can see anything down the hall. He doesn't. Nat begins sobbing while apologizing for getting them in this. Uh, never mean never meaning for things to get out of hand, thinking that it was the right choice, but ultimately letting Pete down. No, you let them all down. <laughs> <laughs> the crew continues moving through the tunnels, Pete directing Steve and Nat into the hole. Pete tries in um going inside the hole as as well, handing them the handicam as um as he tries to climb. He's he's grabbed by the creature. In the interview, Steve explains that it it uh that his immediate reaction was to turn around with the light. This jump scare did kind of get me. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Even though I knew it was gonna happen, I was just <laughs> like, This motherfucker about to get grabbed. Just based <laughs> off of like the position and where everything was yeah, going on, and yeah. I was just like, He's going get grabbed, but I still kinda jumped. I agree. Um that being disappear um uh, that the being disappearing and and leaving Pete on the ground, realizing that realizing that light is the way to keep the creature away. I didn't I did not mean for that to rhyme. They assist Pete into the hole. They make it uh they make a run for it as Steve mentions that it doesn't like the light. Pete instructs him to keep the light on. While they are running, the rail the rail carriage comes barreling down toward them. They dodge it as a, as the camera continues to malfunction. It looks like Pete runs in the other direction, but I'm not sure cuz then all of a sudden he's with them running again, but it looks like he runs yeah. the other direction and yells for them to Probably keep just like going.
2: Different corridors going to the same location.
1: Maybe Nat and Steve continue running. Um, Steve shares that uh, that it felt like it was trying to also get uh, get to them as well, reminding him of a lion trying to cut an animal out of the herd. Nat and Steve con- uh, continue running down the hallway. Pete is somehow back with them as they run to a dead end. Steve ye- yells for them to get to go out the other way. They run the other der- uh, the other section. Um, that's also a dead end. In Nat's interview, she claims that she thought, um, thought that she thought that was that, excuse me. She claims that she thought that this was it. She saw a wall that looked like, like it had been broken away. She starts ripping out ripping out the wood. Pete assisting her as Steve holds the light on her. They they have Nat go first, then Pete, then Steve. Once inside, they they hear something, shushing each other as they stand still uh, stand still for a moment. They cautiously walk around the new area, finding bottles, bloody eyeballs, and vines all around the room. Realizing that they are in this thing's fucking that they're in this fucking thing's home, hmm. the camera light then shuts off steve frantically tries changing his battery while trying to have net hold the light still on him she hands it to pete steve almost getting the battery replaced but it is dead they are only w- being. W- They're only being one left. He tries changing it to the next one. Nat frantically moving the camera around as Pete eggs him on. He gets it, shining the light on Nat. Then Pete, right as he is about to uh, give the next set of directions, the creature jumps out at them, leaving them all screaming. Nat running away alone, screaming until she trips on the ground. Cut to her later moving around the tunnel in complete darkness, only to he- only her night vision as her set of eyes. Her voice trembles as she moves around the room the train's head passing or the train's heard passing overhead she goes to a set of bars in front of a bricked up window her cries becoming more and more panicked she gains her composure for a moment and takes a seat before moving again kicking over a glass bottle um she's uh or i don't know what i was trying to say that uh she turns around the creature coming inside the room Cracking its bones as it moves closer to her. She sits silently in a corner for a moment before trying to quietly move down further away. The bottle falls over again. She turns around, the creature standing right behind her. It grabs her, breaking the lens of the camera. Whew.
2: This is it's pretty intense.
1: This is intense.
2: And I wish we had this sprinkled across the whole movie. I agree. It's good moments, right? These are good I'm moments. Not gonna lie We're finally to getting you, though. into the horror aspects.
1: I agree. I agree. But I'm not going to lie to you, though. She does not get fucked up enough for me. She was in this yeah. room with this creature for a nice chunk of time. And she came out, like, unscathed. Pete got fucked up. But she yeah, came out unscathed. So like, she was fine.
2: I was going to say the same thing. I even think Pete didn't get fucked up enough. I'm surprised he, you know, will get there. Pete, He, oh, he kind of yeah came out of it yeah but like this thing we saw how fast this this thing can move and we saw how quickly it could take something out but for the main protagonist they have lore armor or something main character armor because they were for the most part (laughs) pretty lucky
1: i agree i agree for her to be locked in this room with or not locked but in this room with this creature her screaming and shit like uh, it feels like It feels like she was getting fucked up in there, but, like...
2: Yeah, like, uh, what is she doing to defend herself?
1: I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Back in the previous room, where where the first attack happened, Nat screams, ring out in the other room. Pete and Steve wake up, going to look for her. But Nat is currently being dragged while being knocked out. Pushed into water, she wakes up, the creature um, speaking as it tries to drown her. I don't know what it was saying, but I think it was talking... Pete, Pete and Steve call out to her as they run after her screaming for the thing to let her go Pete continues to stay in the water antagonizing the creature as Steve gets gets her out of the water she drops down trying to catch her breath but Steve picks her back up so they can continue to get the fuck out of there Nat um, wants to go back for Pete but Steve doesn't allow her telling her that they need to keep moving she understands that uh, Oh, now all of a sudden he, he don't give a shit about anybody but when it came to Tangles <laughs> Like yeah, this is the reason why y'all got deeper in this mess. She understood yeah. that Pete was uh, was looking out for them, but she didn't want to leave him down there alone. They make it to the main portion of the tunnel, Pete running out of running out and calling for- Calling them from down the hall. Steve drops the camera, and, and they both run toward him. They assist him out of the out of the tunnel as he struggles and gurgles in pain. The crew makes it back to the station, rushing for the door, pushing out the pushing out of the door into the station. Pete screaming and gasping as Steve tries getting some help. One thing I do like about this scene: they didn't pick up their camera. Like, yeah. they just focused on helping him, and we just had CCTV footage at this point in time. I really, like yeah, that. that's that's a good Hal's call a good
0: touch.
1: up. Yeah, she yells, she yells for someone to give her a phone. A bystander and hands her a phone uh, and promptly moves back so she can start to phone zero zero um, zero. Pete has stopped moving as she as she calls for them to, to the station um her and steve continue crying for help as pete lies there now dead on the ground the line disconnects she shakes pete but he doesn't wake up she sobs over his corp in steve's interview he expresses that he didn't know that pete was dying at that point thinking that they were all going to be fine since they made it to the station where people were i mean people don't do shit <laughs> admitting yeah. um that he would have done more if he would have known that he was lying there dying nah bruh like you legit didn't do shit you were just (laughs) sitting next to them with your head down nat shares that she uh could have possibly done more to help pete steve was told by the paramedics that they gave up working on on him and it took a while to get nat away from him nat expresses or nat feels responsible even though she doesn't feel like it's entirely her fault a message on the screen appears quote Pete was pronounced dead at 7 37 a.m on october 21st 2007 according to the coroner's report he died from extensive internal bleeding end quote cut to nat's final interview her not knowing how she could change how she could even change that night going over that day again and again wondering what she would have done differently quote natasha warner resigned after after the underground shoot she no longer works as a journalist unquote Fades to steve's final interview acknowledging that he was uh, pissed off at everyone and everything calling the situation both sad and pointless you are correct <laughs> quote steve miller is still working as a new um as uh in the news and current affairs as a cameraman the whereabouts of quote excuse me uh the whereabouts of jim tangles williams remains unknown his family are still searching for answers. The police investigations um were, was closed due to contradictory evidence. Despite several requests, no state government or police representative agreed to the interview to be interviewed for this film. Then credits.
0: Okay. The tunnel. Okay.
1: All right. I, I you know, the last part I would 100% watch again. The beginning.
2: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: I would skip all that shit. I would just, I would just <laughs> show people the last bit because, like, I, I was, I'm in this, in this group with a bunch of friends of mine, um, and we all just talk about horror films. And I, when I was watching this, and we got to this part, I was like, I was like, fuck, you guys, like, I'm watching this crazy horror film right now. Blah 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 blah. And then when it finished, I was like, that was really underwhelming. That yeah. that ending did not well me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not yeah, feel well. I think,
2: <laughs> I think it's clear how I feel about this movie. I I, I, I like that we had those high moments, but it, it leaves you wanting more, right? Those high moments are done really well. Um, I wish they capitalized on it. And it's tough because I, I really like found footage and I, I love the aspect of them going back and using like city cameras and security cameras to kind of stitch this all together. And, you know, I like the, the absence of like city officials not wanting to interview and like going down that road. Um, But I think they could have done so much more.
1: Um, Right. I agree.
2: So the premise was really cool. I wish they just uh, had the opportunity to build on it.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. Well, there's no movie facts for this movie. This movie is very small. So I didn't expect no movie any movie facts, facts from it. But <laughs> no movie facts. Um, but with that being said, we definitely want to keep this conversation going about uh, the tunnel. You could do this over on our Twitter at Nightlight underscore pod, or you can head over to our Discord, which is inside the show notes. We talk about a lot of cool shit in there. So come in there. We are talking s- about, nope, That's why I'm Wrong. it was cool so yeah Ooh, nice
2: i gotta yeah, stay away man. i haven't watched it yet
1: yep stay away stay away don't watch it i mean do watch it but don't look <laughs> at discord until you watch it yeah <laughs> uh but our next film that we're going to be covering is actually going to be chosen by our patrons our ghoulish nights over on patreon.com slash nightlight pod on um, the side with a k but they're still working on that the poll is still technically up as of this episode so we technically don't know what we're going to be covering but i'll share this it's a close tie right now well it's not really a tie uh, but it's a very close poll right now with as above so below versus grave encounters so see who wins Let's see who wins but you'll find out next week on who wins because I'm very excited to see who's actually going to wh- what it's going to be but right now as a, as above so below is first with 41% Grave Encounters is 35% so if Grave Encounters Witch gets at? one then they'll both technically be along the same same page so
2: wow. we'll see what's Blair Witch at? I'm just curious
1: uh, Blair Witch is at 18% surprising oh okay okay yeah, the Borderlands is at 6%, meaning that one person voted for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to that one person who voted for the Borderlands. But <laughs> uh, uh, The Blair Witch Requel is at 18%, so I think that's about two people that voted for that one, or two or three people that voted for that one. So. Okay, we shall see. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights, Last time we had David. Stay, spooky, everyone always and forever also known as nightly with your help we can reach more coolish nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show if your podcast app allows you to rate our show please consider giving us a five-star rating as it honestly does help us out a lot for extra horror related content head over to patreon.com slash nightlight pod that's night with a what one- okay remember everybody don't forget